Hey folks, this is Patrick Mayhorn, co-host of Flipping the Field, uh, the podcast that you are about to hear. If you are listening for the first time, welcome. We love to have you. Um, this is, and if you're not listening for the first time, you know that, but the intro isn't necessarily just for you. Um, this is an unlocked version of the premium episode that Ryan and I recorded of this show earlier this week. It addresses at great length and in great detail the USA Today reporting on the Mel Tucker, Brenda Tracy situation at Michigan State. I wish I had a better word for it than that. The allegations, I suppose, against Mel Tucker. Um, It is, I think, a look at, at this situation that you, not to... I don't want to say this as if we are bragging as a podcast because I'm not trying to do that, especially given the circumstances. But I don't think that you're going to get a a clear-headed, detailed look like this at a situation like this from a lot of college football podcasts from what I have seen. A lot of them this week have been, and outlets in general, have been pretty sorely lacking in the way that they have covered this story, in the willingness to cover this story. Um, which is why we are making this free for all to listen to and, and share. We think that it is in the interest of the public to have this information readily available in an audio form. Um, the reporting from USA Today is also obviously important, and you should read that if you have not already. Um, but this episode is going to stand alone here on its own as a, as a free show. Um, <clears throat> I will note that the full premium episode is still available only to Meet at Midfield subscribers. Go to meetatmidfield.com to subscribe. You get access to the weekly premium show. You get access to the message boards, which I think are um, the only college football message boards where you can get a nuanced conversation about something like this, where you can get uh, not just, you know, horrible... Not just horrible, basically. It's not horrible. The message board is filled with a, a really, really, really smart, really good community. Um, it is comfortably, I think, the best thing that we have for being at midfield, and I think that if this is an episode that, uh, you know, that that you want to listen to, um, and this is the kind of information that you want to get from a college football outlet, um, that message board would be a great fit for you. So, uh, I, I will advertise just briefly here so you know where to get these episodes, uh, com. I will also say that this premium episode uh, has a little bit more on the end in the subscriber-only version. Uh, just talking about sort of where Michigan State goes next as a football product, it feels kind of weird to include that in this free version, so I have cut that out. If you do want that discussion, it's about, whew, I don't actually know how long it is. It's like 30, 40 minutes uh, on the end of the show, so there's extra stuff if you do want to subscribe and listen to this episode. You can jump ahead. It's in the uh, The details are in the description of that premium show of where you can jump to listen to just that part. Uh, But I have got that out here for the sake of time and for the sake of having a very focused episode on a a topic that I think is very important and on a topic that Ryan and I tried uh, very hard to handle with delicacy and with care. This is, you know, for for people familiar with the show, you would know this. For people not familiar, um, this is not our comfort zone. This is not... Ryan and I like to like to have fun on here um we like to we like to joke around and this is not a laughing matter and i think that we handled it really well given the circumstances um but this is uh it's a it's a rough it's a rough listen i'm gonna tell you up top i have a content warning 
a couple minutes into the show that I say. Um, I'll say it here again at the top, just as a blanket statement. If you are sensitive to or really not able to listen to podcast episodes or audio about uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault, um, both of those are present here. Brenda Tracy's work is inextricable from this episode, um, and that is what she has. That is what she has dedicated her life to, and so it comes up. We we talk about it, and we try to do it in the the most, like I said, uh, delicate way possible, while also getting the facts across. Um, I hope you. Uh, I don't know if enjoy would be the right word. I hope that this information is valuable to you. If it is, we would obviously appreciate you sharing it. But uh, just wanted to get this out there. Wanted this to be available to more people as this situation at Michigan State continues to develop. Um, yeah, meetatmidfield.com. Flipping the no, it's field flipping at field flipping on Twitter. Um, I think it's just at at meet at midfield on Twitter as well. So. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We would love to have you at Meet Midfield. But just for listening to this episode, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you all soon. the college football podcast about all of college football i'm your host patrick mayhorn joined as always by co-host ryan donnelly uh it's the premium show for this week week two we are not really going to be talking about football this time around there has been a uh, a pretty big news story in college football that we're going to break down um but before we do that ryan how's it going man i am doing well man we are living uh, um maybe not the right tone to start off with given the content of this episode but yeah um, <laughs> Sorry. This, uh, I'm doing okay. I, I had a really good halal food for lunch today. You know, we got we to gotta, we gotta do ads before we can talk about this. So we're allowed to be jovial for the ads. We're allowed to be jovial for Homefield Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. Use code MEET at MIDFIELD for 15% off your first purchase of high-quality collegiate vintage apparel. Lots of schools, lots of old logos, good stuff. Put it on a shirt, put it on a sweatshirt. Use code MEET at MIDFIELD for 15% off your first purchase. That's, again, at homefieldapparel.com. Bryant, what are we talking about today? Um, we are talking about Mel Tucker and the Associated Michigan State scandal around uh, the allegations around him involving Brenda Tracy um, that have been pretty well documented at this point. And I think pretty much all of our listeners are at least familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is currently suspended without pay pending investigation by Michigan State. Um, there's a hearing due in October. Um, and we seem to be in a space where we are in a when and not if of his firing. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we're all at right now. And, and details are still emerging. So we're kind of doing this. It's something you kind of have to talk about in the sport, right? It's, there's no way to not talk about this. Um, but it is obviously still an emerging kind of developing story. So I'm sure it's going to be a lot kind of coming over the next few weeks as we learn more. Yeah. So the, the, on the suspension part, this has been, I think, controversial in some places, um, because of the, you know, Mel Tucker coaching several games this season, coaching two games this season with this, uh, looming over him. This has been filed back in December, has been investigated since then. Um, from what I have gathered here, I am not by any means a, a, you know, title nine expert. I am not a, a, a lawyer. I don't really know exactly how all this stuff works, but basically from the reporting that I have read, um, what it indicates is that this is what the standard thing right like this is what you are 
a university is is supposed to do in this situation is if there's a hearing pending um you you suspend him but you don't fire him yet right and it's it's a separation between the the like the president's office and the actual investigation itself is that correct uh correct yeah and there's also like some pushback from which i'm sure we're going to hear in the report but uh from from tux lawyer about tux lawyer rather about uh what this process actually is whether it's title nine or whether it's a a policy hearing there's some there's there's very little clarity what's happening right now essentially yeah so let's get into this this is a story that dropped um what was it last night pretty late last night uh from usa today a report about uh this accusation against mel tucker and the investigation that followed um, I have cut the article down to basically the essentials that we're going to try and get through and, and talk through this as we go. Um, this is obviously a uh, you know a, a very sensitive topic, uh, I think, for a lot of people, and so we probably should do the warning at the top here that um, th- there's you know sexual harassment in here. There's there's accusations of sexual harassment. Uh, Brenda Tracy's work is directly related to that as a rape survivor. Um, that is her job. That's what she speaks about. And so if you are sensitive to that, just a, a heads up ahead of this as we, as we do this, um, we, you know, are, are going to try our best to, to take the, the, ter- the correct tone with this, because this is all pretty bad stuff. Um, so yeah. the, the report here from USA Today does not start with this, but it gets to the, this, this is the, the, the key part of it here to start, uh, quote, the accused is Mel Tucker, the head football coach at Michigan State University, and one of the highest paid coaches in all of sports. Accusing him is Brenda Tracy, a rape survivor who has made educating athletes about sexual violence her life's work. I would imagine that most people know who she is through her work in college football. Um, it, it continues here, Over eight months, they developed a professional relationship centered on her advocacy work. Tucker invited Tracy to campus three times, twice to speak to his players and staff, and once to be recognized as an honorary captain at the team's spring football game. But their relationship was was upended during a phone call on April 28, 2022, Tracy says in a complaint she filed with the university's Title IX office in December that remains under investigation. According to her complaint, Tracy sat frozen for several minutes while Tucker made sexual comments about her and masturbated. His violation, she said, reopened 25-year-old wounds from her rape by four men, two Oregon State University football players, a junior college player, and a high school recruit. Quote from her says, The idea that someone could know me and say they understand my trauma but then reinflict that trauma on me is so disgusting to me it's hard for me to even wrap my mind around it. Uh, she, she told USA Today, it's like he sought out, he sought me out just to betray me. So this is the, this is the central part of all of this that everything has from branched off from. Um, it's, uh, this, this is, I mean, this is very serious accusation here against Mel Tucker, who has been, like we said, suspended without pay. Um, and really just, you know, we're, we're going to dive into more of what the investigation says and what these, these two parties say about this, but, um, sight unseen, man, j- can't, you can't do this. You can't be in this situation if you're Mel Tucker. You cannot, I mean, it's, it's just, it's really, really, I, I don't know that I can't think of a word to accurately you can't be in this situation, it, regardless of, of the, the, the things that he is positing and she is positing, you can't be in this situation. Right. The, the things that we're going to get into in, in his response are that basically the, the facts not in dispute by him 
are that there was some manner of sexual contact or relationship between uh, him, Brenda Tracy. Obviously, he denies that it was not consensual. Um, her allegations and and the investigation and the fact that it seems to be seems to have been non consensual, again based on what we know currently. Um, but even in the most charitable possible read of what Mel Tucker did, he invited a woman to campus to speak to his players about decision making around uh, sexual violence and around sex itself and the way they interact with women on campus and 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 you know other athlete or other students on campus. Yeah. And then he then chose to pursue an extramarital affair with this person he brought in to preach to young men about smarter decision-making around the way you handle yourself sexually. Yeah. Which is just like, aside from like the power dynamic of him trying to, you know, of him abusing her again, allegedly, or, or what else occurred here, just the idiocy and attempting any way, shape or form to pursue a sexual relationship with someone you know in that professional capacity to speak to your players about that thing when you were telling them to make better decisions around this stuff is so mind-numbingly, like, just stupid. And, and I, I know, and I said this on our message board, and I, I don't know if I'm phrasing it the right way, and I, I'm trying to be careful with my language here because it is a sensitive subject, and you and I really admit we're not in the business of criminal investigations or things of that nature, but, like, yeah. you know, I understand that abuser dynamics are largely based around power and not around logical choice or around like sexual gratification, but rather around the gratification of power. But just the incredibly poor decision making involved in this is so it's so mind numbing. It's yeah. it's honestly unfathomable any person could could come to themselves to do this. Yeah, and and I think that that is something that uh, it, it seems Michigan State agrees on, and and Michigan State as it continues to to. Uh, you know, prepare for this hearing, which I believe is set for October 5th and 6th. Yeah, October 5th and 6th. Uh, so there will be more details then and almost certainly his firing shortly thereafter. Um, I, I think pretty much just like you, like you say, decision-making here. The, the decision-making of the, as it says in this story, one of the highest paid coaches in America, certainly one of the highest paid coaches, if not the highest paid coach and, and public figure in the state of Michigan, um, uh, in that position alone, uh, you can't do this. You can't be, you can't pursue an expert, you, you can't pursue, uh, consensual or not an extramarital affair with a person who you and your university and your program hired to come in to speak to your team about, uh, making good decisions around sex as, as a, a member of college football's, you know, uh, various, uh, ranks. You can't do that. You you have to carry yeah. yourself differently when you are in that position. Um, and it's it's if you if you are a person if you are a person in power, period, you cannot be pursuing sexual relationships in the workplace. Yeah, you, like it's obviously a fraught dynamic for any person. Yeah, uh, but but it's different. Like obviously, people are human beings. You you're in a work like I'm. You know, people. Uh, I, I'm not. You know, gonna throw stones for a glass house here, right? Like, like there, people are human beings. They have relationships in the workplace in a sexual intimate nature yeah that's a natural part of human life but to do so from a position of power to a person you bring to your team in this role yeah it, it's it's just unfathomable yeah you he this is not a, a co-worker meeting out of work situation mel tucker is the head coach at michigan state um correct that, he's a very public figure yeah, she, yeah. at a university that, that is rightfully yes. very or should be very sensitive to problems around sexual assault yes. after all the issues 
Obviously, the Larry Nasser case is, is the most famous one, but also all the issues around Mark Antonio's team and 11 players, you know, being accused of sexual assaults under his reign, seven, I think, in his final two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the other thing is that as any head coach at any university, as any person in a position of power in this kind of circumstance, you can't do this. The decision making is, is you know, it boggles the mind. Um, but at that university specifically, he understands the context in which he was brought into this job. It's not like he doesn't know what he came into when he joined at, at Michigan State, very late in the process, notably because of Mark D'Antonio's forced resignation, retirement, whatever you want to call it. Um, also, just insane that he is now back as like a steward of the program while Tucker is suspended. I, it seems like Michigan State has just tried to ignore that that is why he's not the head coach anymore. Like that's that's why they that's why he resigned. That's why he retired. It's because of right. Yes, you know, sexual assault within his program. Um, and just, yeah, as, as Tucker to, to make that decision, knowing all of that, knowing the situation that you are in, knowing, uh, the school that you're at in the context of that school, man, it is just, uh, on its, on its face, even if the investigation comes and and they do the hearing and they find, uh, you know, Tucker's version of the story is correct. You can't do that. Like, like you said, the most generous possible reading of this for, 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 for Tucker you still can't do it. You still cannot remain the head coach of a university that is in charge of, of you know, a uh, hundred and ten some some young men to, to to do this. You can't. It just can't happen. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, even his version of events, while his actions would not be uh, as portrayed, his action, his version of events is not criminal. Um, it, it's not something that is. I would say. Again, if it happened as he described, which I am not fully buying, yeah. I am taking this totally from his perspective. If you take him at his word, I don't even think it's necessarily immoral what what he did. However, it is fireable yeah. based on your workplace po- conduct, your, your your employment contracts, and deeply stupid to engage in. Yeah, yeah, you just can't. the 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 decision making is such that it is not. I, there's no possible. There, there's no framing it. If you're, if you're, you know, Michigan State, if you're Mel Tucker, you can't do this. You just can't. Um, so the, it continues on here, talking more about the investigation itself. Uh, quote from from USA Today, reading here uh, in his statements to the Title IX investigator, Tucker acknowledged masturbating on the call, but said Tracy grossly mischaracterized the episode. According to him, they had consensual phone sex. Quote from Tucker uh, on uh, March 22nd in a letter to the investigator. Uh, Miss Tracy's distortion of our mutually consensual and intimate relationship into the allegations of sexual exploitation has really affected me. I'm not proud of my judgment and I am having, I'm having difficulty forgiving myself. Oh no, well we don't want that, uh, for getting into this situation, but I did not engage in misconduct by any definition. Um, continues here, Michigan State hired an outside Title IX attorney to investigate the complaint. She finished her investigation in July, a formal hearing to determine whether Tucker violated the school's policy banning sexual harassment and exploitation is scheduled for October 5th and 6th during the Spartans' bye week, as we said. Um, Tracy says Tucker is following through on a threat to ruin her career and reputation by painting her as a woman who mixes professional and personal relationships and files false reports. She fears he will undo her legacy. Um, so that that's the, the next part of this here. 
the the, te- the the I think this is really sort of just backing up what we were just saying here. Tucker is not really denying the word the parts of this that are not, you know, the, still not acceptable. He's not painting the, the his version of this story is not. It's still not one that would keep him in this position and that would be acceptable in any in any way. Um, it's yeah. I, I think that pretty much backs up what we were just saying here. This is what we're talking about. He's not refuting this. He's not refuting that there was a relationship, which is the first part of this that you just can't have. The the harassment beyond that is is obvious. Is obviously as claimed, um, detestable and 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 awful. And we're going to talk about that as well. But he's there. There's just not. There's not a path here for for this to not be completely unacceptable for him yeah yeah i mean it's and i don't know if you have them later in the document i apologize if I'm, I'm skipping ahead here but he, he also cites some specific things in, yeah. in his statement um where uh, let's see how he phrases it here he says um even the investigator this is from his statement again um let me just say here uh, we developed a mutual friendship that grew into an intimate adult relationship. At this point, my wife and I had been estranged for a long time. Miss Tracy and I engaged in dozens of calls through fall 2021 and winter 2022, many of which she initiated, which occurred late at night. We both talked about all sorts of intimate private matters. She told me I could trust her and I proceeded to do just that. Um, skipping ahead here. Hey, there is an insane comment here, him dropping uh, Jim Harbaugh's name, which I yeah. will. It, it's funny, but I don't want to laugh right now. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he later on says, even an investigator hired by the university found that we had a quote personal relationship and that we quote shared deeply personal and private information with each other. Miss Tracy encouraged our personal relationship by inviting and accepting gifts from me. During the investigation, Miss Tracy admitted requesting and accepting my gift of expensive athletic shoes, a $200 Venmo payment, and a personal contribution to her nonprofit. Not only did she accept those gifts, but she provided me her shoe size and address to receive the shoes and her Venmo ID to receive the money. Um, he also goes on to say, yes, I did have late night in a conversation with Tracy in April 2022. Again, even Miss Tracy's statements, the investigator confirmed the conversation had nothing to do with the university it was outside the scope of Title IX or any university policy. He also notes here that um, this is not a Title IX investigation. This is, in fact, a alleged policy violation. Um, but I don't really have the context not to know if he's telling the truth or not. I, I don't not worth getting into that for us, maybe. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say, while I'm sad about Miss Tracy's disclosure of the sensitive nature of this call, to be perfectly clear, it was an entirely mutual private event between two adults living on opposite ends of the country. She initiated the discussion that night, sent me a provocative picture of the two of us together, suggested what she may look like without clothes, and never once within the 36 minutes did she object in any manner, much less hang up the phone. Yeah. Um, and then again, I'll, I'll continue on here reading his statement. Following the call was not until four months later, only after Miss Tracy's next page presentation was postponed, and only after I complained to her that she and her assistant were spreading rumors about my marriage, that she told anyone, including her therapist, best friend, or attorney, that she was offended by the call. In fact, she gave me every indication that everything was fine. She sent me a happy Father's Day text two months after the call and repeatedly expressed the desire to return to MSU, telling my assistants that she had a close relationship with me. Also, contrary to her allegations, I never canceled any presentation. Given a personnel change and scheduling challenges as football season approached, really postponed it until January 2023. Um, she chose to file her complaint instead of proceeding with the training. Yeah. Um, he then, I'm going to keep going here because I just, th- th- there's, 
the statement is worth reading in full here from him because it, there is some very specific claims here he makes at the end. Yeah. Um, he already has made several, but it says the investigation has not been fair or unbiased. I can only conclude there is an ulterior motive designed to terminate my contract based on some other factor, such as a desire to avoid any Nasser taint or my race or gender. Obviously there he's referring to Larry Nasser, um, the disgraced Michigan State uh, official who was involved in a sexual assault scandal with the gymnastics team, many other athletics groups. Yeah. Um, so... And he also complains about the the format of the hearing, says that um, there's no requirement to testify under oath or penalty of perjury. Um, and, and that basically there's no, basically he, he addresses the format of the hearing as ridiculous, um, which is something that I think a lot of other, a lot of other universities have been dealing with. There are, have been quite a few lawsuits around the format of these uh, uh, hearings, whether they're the correct way to handle situations like this. Um, it basically provides university like again, I don't know if you saw Oppenheimer, but like it's like that where there's essentially it's like a it's a law format with no actual lawyers involved or no penalty of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's a private hearing that's. I'm not defending Mel Tucker here, but I do think there is something to the fact of how these hearings are presented. It is not beneficial for either uh, victims or uh, or the accused. I think it's a it's a bad way to handle this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Look, I, I mean, I guess what we have to say here is that once again, his version of events is still a fireball mistake on his part, right? Yeah. Um, there's no argument about that. I think him to choosing to gauge his relationship in any way, shape, or form is incredibly stupid and should be fireable. Yeah. Um, the specific accusations he makes of her in regards to her sending photos, um, her, the, just the way she initiated this conversation, none of this invalidates her claim yeah. that the call itself was was non consensual and he crossed the line. Um, however, it is a, a part of the case that I think, like I think this is going to become a very very nasty case. The national media, you're already seeing like the the horrible scumbags, your Clay Travis's and Zach Smiths and the like, picking up on this stuff, yeah, um, and using it to because you know. Brenda Tracy's past relationships, the Baylor scandal with the Urban Meyer scandal at Ohio State. Um, these are she is a punching bag for these people. And I think Mel Tucker is knowingly playing into that fact. Yeah. And, and uh I'll read here a little bit from from sort of her side of this, which is largely what is reported in yeah. the USA Today. Um, they have stuff on Tucker's side as well that is, I think, mostly taken from that investigation. And he has uh reiterated a lot of it in this statement that he released today. Um, but, uh, a lot of this, the, the stuff here that he has said are things that she does not deny things that are included in her story as well. It, it's, there are, there are details that have changed. There are details that are different. So, um, it, it starts here first with their introduction. They met first in August of 2021 during her first visit to Michigan state after a mutual acquaintance introduced them. Uh, the USA Today report continues saying Tucker and Tracy, Tracy hit it off immediately. They would both later tell the Title IX investigator. Uh, they bonded over their love of Jordan sneakers, shelves of which lined Tucker's office walls. That's important for the sake of the shoe comment that he made. Uh, mm-hmm. Tucker had been moved by her speech, and she had been a big hit with players, he told the investigator. They discussed her her coming back to campus in the future. Tracy left East Lansing feeling she had found a champion in Tucker, she told the investigator. She he he seemed engaged with her cause <clears throat> leading his players and signing her pledge to among other things obtain ongoing affirmative consent uh, before engaging in sexual acts with another person 
Over the next year, their assistants planned two more visits to Michigan State for Tracy, emails, text messages, and itineraries show the April 2022 spring game, where Tracy and her nonprofit set the expectation, would be honored on the Jumbotron and a training that, that July with coaches and players. Um, during this time, uh, the two also talked on the phone at least 27 times, Tracy's phone bills show, an average of once every two weeks for half hour. Uh, they often spoke at night to accommodate their work schedules, they said. Uh, they chatted about their jobs and eventually more personal matters, such as their families, mental health, and daily lives. They spoke most frequently in fall 2021, while Tucker was leading Michigan State to an 11-2 and record, its best season in six years, and negotiating one of the richest coaching contracts of all time. It was around then that Tucker, who had been married for more than two decades, started becoming interested in Tracy romantically, they both told the investigator. Uh, whether Tracy reciprocated is where their accounts diverge. So this is really where, like like it says, where it kind of splits off into two places here. Um, but a lot of that, the, the talking on the phone at least 27 times, um, the, you know, hitting it off early on, going back for three different, uh, the first visit and then two others, um, all of this, does, it seems to be uh, hardline. This seems to be the, the facts of the thing, and this is it, it diverges later on into what Tracy is saying and what Tucker is saying. Yeah. And, and I think it's worth here reading, like we said, seeing the cases here. Um, Tucker, I'm just going to keep reading from the report. Mm. Uh, Tucker told the investigator that he and Tracy developed a romantic connection and talked openly about it. They frequently made flirtatious comments about each other's looks and bodies, Tucker said. Tracy told him she wanted a, quote, sugar daddy who would pay her a monthly amount to be his girlfriend, he said, and that she would be, quote, all over him if he wasn't married. Tucker said they acknowledged a mutual desire for a romance, but agreed it would be, quote, too messy because of his marriage and the physical distance between them. Uh, by contrast, Tracy told the investigator that Tucker's romantic interest in her was entirely one-sided. She said she came to feel as he was less interested in her cause than in her. Tucker messaged her photos of herself that he had found on her Instagram page, making comments that such as, quote, this is the one, or compliment her eyes, Tracy said. Tucker also sent her two gifts, a pair of Jordans and $200 in cash through Venmo, and donated $2,500 to her nonprofit. Uh, once Tucker called Tracy via FaceTime, he was in bed shirtless. He talked about his unhappy marriage, describing himself as more or less single. Then during November 9th, 2021 call, she said he asked her, if I wasn't a football coach and if I wasn't married, would you date me? Tracy said she responded that she would not because they worked together. One of several times she recalled trying to set boundaries. She said she made clear to Tucker or to, uh, made clear to Tucker on December 1st call that they would only be friends and he seemed to agree. Then, after the spring game, Tucker called her four times for a record show. Tracy said he repeatedly asked her to meet him alone without her assistant and even suggested sleep, uh, slipping into her hotel through a back door so no one would see him. She said no. Twelve days later came the call. Tracy was in her home office in Oregon. Tucker, who was in a hotel in Florida, called her at 12.39 a.m. Eastern phone record show. The call lasted 36 minutes. According to Tucker, he became aroused when Tracy made a comment about needing to hit the gym more to look better without clothes on. They then discussed how having phone sex complicated the relationship, he said, but Tracy suggested once would be harmless, and he agreed. Unequivocally, there's no doubt about it, Tucker told the investigator, case document show, she was the one who said, we'll do it. Tracy denies all of that. The call started off normal. Um, sorry, I lost my plot. The call started off normal, she said, but when she sent Tucker a photo of them together from the spring game, she said he responded by commenting on her buttocks and calling himself an ass man. She remembered Tucker's voice getting deeper and weirder as he continued talking about her buttocks. Uh, she asked him what he was doing. He said he had a hard dick and was touching himself. You're touching yourself, Tracy asked, according to the investigation report. Tucker responded, yes. Tracy said she thought to herself, oh my God, this is happening and I can't stop it. 
In the moment, she said it didn't occur to her to hang up. Eventually, she said something along the lines of, if you do this, I don't ever want to hear about it. We are only friends. That's it. When he finished, Tracy said, Tucker told her, thank you, good night, sweetheart. She responded, yeah, and he hung up. Then she sat at her desk for a while, staring at her phone and crying. <sighs> Three months passed between the call and the next time Tracy and Tucker spoke. At first, Tracy tried to pretend to herself that nothing had happened. Her partnership with the school was paramount, and she focused on that. Tucker, however, was not responding to her text messages, and he abruptly canceled her in-person training planned for July 25th, three days before it was supposed to take place. A team staffer told her they had double booked, but Tracy believed she knew the real reason. When Tracy finally got Tucker on the phone about a week later, he was angry, she said, accusing her and her assistant of gossiping about his marital problems. Tracy recalled that the Tucker made comments such as, quote, I can't trust you. If you say anything about this, I'll hear about it. And, quote, I'll be fine. It's you that I'm worried about. She viewed it as a threat to destroy her reputation if she spoke out about him. Tucker at one point told her he had done nothing wrong. According to Tracy, she started to say, well, something, referring to his masturbation. And Tucker interrupted saying, but nothing happened. Um, yeah. You want me to keep reading here or do you want to pause here? Um, we can probably pause here. <clears throat> uh, so this is this is the main uh, accusation here. This is the primary thing. It centers around this specific phone call. Um <sighs> I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to read. It's really hard to read. It's hard to, uh, I, I, I'm, it's sort of hard to find the words for it. This is, this is really, really nasty stuff. This is not, uh, you know, I, I don't know the specific legality around stuff like this. I'm not, again, a lawyer. We have not been investigating this for nine months. We're going to try our best not to deliberate too much on this because we have not been investigating it for nine months but uh i mean jesus dude it's it's even even before the call um the stuff about you know if i wasn't a football coach and if i wasn't married would you date me the stuff about describing himself as more or less single um about uh sending the gifts about just his his conduct man it's 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 not it's just not acceptable. It's not an acceptable way to act as a fucking grown man who is responsible for as many people as he is and who's as, as you know, as, as, has as much power as he does. You just can't act like this. No, I mean, presumably he's in, you know, hotels and recruiting trips, you know, repeatedly calling a woman he's a professional relationship with, you know, after midnight. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's just, there's no scenario where his actions were acceptable or defensible Again, even not knowing the actual content of the call, um, which we can't possibly speak to, you know, the only people on those calls were the two of them. Uh, there, there's no way for us to know that. But, but even without that, again, just the most charitable possible reading of his actions. Yeah, it's clearly fireable and clearly horrible decision making. Yeah, and it is it is hard to the the Tucker's you know rebuttal here. Which basically amounts, and there's there or later on it says that this is like his actual him and his lawyer their their approach, and we're going to talk about the lawyer. She is a piece of work. Um, it, it's very 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 difficult for me to believe that uh, Brenda Tracy, who has made a a career around this, who has made this sort of her life's work, would um, as as he is essentially accusing her of uh, file a false claim knowingly file a false claim with a with a title nine department at a university where this has been an issue before uh for the sake of vengeance against the university for the sake of money that is 
I don't know, man. That's not how people behave. That's just, if, if this is your, your life's work, if this is something you have dedicated as much time and energy to as she has, that is really, really difficult for me to, to believe that that would be the case. Yeah, obviously, you know, the, the, the right wing freaks involved in this are going to try to paint her as like a, you know, hypocritical crusader who's just, you know, trying to cancel everyone in sight for any perceived slight. But yeah, it's clearly, like you said, it is her life's work. Um, This is not obviously anytime sexual assault or sexual harassment are accused towards a famous person people always bring up the just for the money you know yeah. uh, defense and it's really gross but especially someone who is involved in this day-to-day who understands the the impact of the process and the impact i've had on her personally and makes her entire career out of this stuff i don't think once they get lightly involved in these things right this is not something yeah she needed um, no. she is already on yeah, yeah, campuses across the country. Yeah. yeah, I'll say earlier in the report, it does say she's given this this speech that she gave to Michigan State at least 400 times, and Michigan State paid $10,000 for her to speak. You, the math is not, the math does not really uh, work out in a way that it's like, I don't know why she would, I, I don't know what the benefit would be of doing that. I, it, it, it's a claim that really, it, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to parse how that would be the case. I, I don't, I don't really understand how how you would believe that, honestly. Yeah, nor nor do I. It's um, he he's claiming this is all on you know personal vendetta motives and motives against the university, which which, like like if that was the case, why would she have ever spoken at the school Three in the first times. place? Why would she have worked with him? Yeah, why would she have? It just doesn't hold any water, obviously. Yeah. Um. You know, and it goes on here as well. I, I want to point out too. Um, Tucker made claims that she disclosed none of this to, to anyone involved, to her therapist, to her attorney, to her friends. Yeah. Um, which seems to be directly, you know, contradicted by the investigator. Yeah. Um, this hired by by Michigan State, which is Rebecca Lightman uh, Viedlinger. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a Michigan-based Title IX attorney. I'm going to read from the section here to report on her. Um, where uh, she said uh, Vedlinger started her investigation in January by interviewing Tracy and six people she identified as witnesses, including three of Tucker's assistants who had been involved in coordinating and canceling her campus visits. Tracy's other three witnesses, her assistant, therapist, and attorney, told Vedlinger that a distraught Tracy had disclosed the situation to them in early August, then days of her final phone call with Tucker. Yeah, Jacqueline Swanson, Tracy's attorney, who was also her friend, turned over a copy of the note she took from their conversation on a yellow legal pad, uh, Elhan Alvarado, Tracy's assistant and best friend who had attended the April 2022 spring game, said she had been with Tracy in the hotel after the game when Tucker repeatedly called Tracy asking to meet her alone. Alvarado said Tracy had told her previously that Tucker, quote, liked her and that it could become a problem. She shared a screenshot of a December 2nd text message in which Tracy told her she had just spoken with Tucker, who had agreed they could only be friends. I'm glad it didn't get weird, Tracy wrote. Tracy provided phone bills and emails that corroborate her timeline of events and showed Tucker had been calling her from his personal cell phone. Yeah. Um, I'll continue on here because unless you want me to pause, anything you want me to pause on there, continue on. No, it's just, I, I'm glad that we're getting into the actual, some of the results of this investigation because a lot of it is kind of contradictory for what Tucker has said, like specifically about timing, about places that he was. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we can continue here. Okay. 
Um, although Wieliger interviewed all six of Tracy's witnesses before the end of January, Tucker didn't agree to be interviewed until late March. In the intervening weeks, he and his attorney, Jennifer Belville, tried to stop the investigation. Tracy said Belville twice contacted her attorney, Karen uh, Truskowski, very Polish name, sorry, uh-huh. that was a tough one, yeah. um, proposing a settlement agreement. Uh, Tracy said no. Tucker and Belville argued, also urged Michigan State to drop Tracy's complaint. In January, they sent a 12-page letter to the school arguing it lacked jurisdiction to investigate Tucker's, quote, purely personal relationship with Tracy. Um, they later commissioned Brett Sokolow, uh, board chairman and co-founder of the Association of Title IX Administrators, to write an expert witness report asserting the police and employees on uh, off-duty uh, activities, which set a dangerous legal precedent. Um, can an employee never have phone sex, Sokolow wrote. How far does MSU intend to go in policing the private conduct of its employees? And how is it expected 20,000 plus employees to react when they find they can no longer have private lives outside the reach of their employer? Michigan State was not persuaded. The alleged conduct would be covered by school policy, it concluded, because it took place in the context of Tracy's work as a vendor for the school and affected their ongoing business relationship. The case would go forward. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the Sokolo guy here, that is really nasty stuff. He's not, like, Mel Tucker is not just like a janitor. He's not just some guy who works at the university. It's he's the twenty thousand plus employees are not. Most of them are not Mel Tucker. Most of them are not the most you know high profile person at the university. I, I, that's I I don't really, I don't really know what they were hoping to gain with that. That's pretty obviously uh, ridiculous. He he is different than those other of employees. That's the thing is that and Mel this, Tucker this is, is also is relation- different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course he's different, and also it's a relationship initiated via a relationship paid for by the school yes. and through the university's program. Like this is like, you know, yeah. Tucker coordinated via his power as the head football coach and the leader of the football program to bring Tracy on as a speaker. The university paid her at essentially his football program's request. Yeah. And they had a professional relationship because of that. Yeah. Presumably um, paid her several times. She, she spoke twice and was set to do the training. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but um, came to the spring game as well. Like this is, yeah, several, several times over. She has been a, 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 you know, a vendor of the university, as they say. Um, yeah, that, that is a, I don't really understand that argument there. I don't really know what they were attempting to accomplish other than just, uh, hoping they would get lucky. Um, it continues on here, the USA Today report. Uh, Tucker sat down for his interview on March 22nd. This is what I was referencing earlier about some kind of in- inconsistencies. Uh, he said he wanted to be transparent and set the record straight, but uh, what is it? How, do, how are we saying this woman's name? Veldinger? Veldinger, uh, I believe. Veding- how, say again? Veedlinger. Veedlinger. Okay. But Veedlinger would note some key in- I don't, I don't, I, I'm, we're, I'm not a, we're, we're going to go with speak that. German. Yeah, we're yeah. going to go with that. <laughs> v, v, there's too many. The problem with any story with the Midwest is there are simply too many people with like, you know, Central and Eastern European names. None of my business. I yeah. shouldn't be knowing those things. Yeah. But uh, Veedlinger would note some key inconsistencies. For instance, Tucker claimed he had made the phone sex call from his home in East Lansing, not in a Florida hotel. Um, which would be important because he was on a work trip. As it says here, he had just returned from a trip to Florida, he said, where he had been doing charity work unrelated to his employment with the university. Oh, well, never mind. It wouldn't be a work trip. Um, Viedlinger, however, had obtained documents showing Tucker had, in fact, been in Naples, Florida the day of the call, attending the Greg Montgomery Foundation golf outing on the school's dime. Um, An expense report Tucker submitted to Michigan State for his hotel and meal costs showed the trip's purpose was administrative and did not involve any personal travel. The costs were paid by the Spartans fund the athletic department's fundraising arm he had flown to florida on a donor's private plane yeah come on that's 
see, this one seems like you can pretty much just dismiss it out of hand. Don't know why you would even lie about that. I, I it's, it's it's pretty easily provable that he was there, <laughs> that he was in Florida on the school's dime. Yeah, uh, a lot of his a lot of his allegations are easily disproven here, which we're going to see more about in a second. Yeah. So it continues on here. Uh, Tucker told uh, Viedlinger uh, he had canceled Tracy's July 25th in-person training because his new mental conditioning coach, Ben Newman, needed to implement a new program. But Viedlinger would obtain records from the school showing Newman had been meeting weekly with the team since early June and did not hold any meetings between July 15th and 28th. Again, uh, easily disproven. Very, they keep these records. This is a thing that the university tracks. Um, not, not going to play. This is dead on arrival. Not going to work. No, no. It's 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 all very easily disproven. Like like that is a claim. That is a claim he made that seems so obviously disproven. This next one is totally insane. This is maybe the worst of the things that he says that can be easily disproven because he is involving someone who is not at all involved. Uh, and I think kind of trying to use her name and, and her, uh, you know, um, what would be the word? Uh, I, I don't think her her acclaim uh, to, to back up his story here. So it says here. Um, during the interview, Tucker also made an explosive new allegation. He said his associate had told him that renowned ESPN, yeah, renowned would be a good word, renowned ESPN investigative reporter Paula Levine uh, was investigating the veracity of the gang rape story at the heart of Tracy's public persona. The information Tucker said made him question how Tracy, quote, goes about her business. Um, Viedlinger did not address this allegation in her report, but Levine denied the allegation, quote, neither Tracy's organization nor Tracy is or has been the target of any investigative reporting, Levine said in a statement to USA Today. I'm, perple I'm perplexed that Mel Tucker would respond to a complaint of sexual harassment by involving me or ESPN. This is, that is disgusting. That is absolutely nasty business from Mel Tucker one involving this person who's not involved in any way and two using this not real involvement to cast doubt to try to cast doubt on the story at the at the center of this woman's career i mean jesus christ that is that is really really shitty stuff yeah it's it's horrifying um man um it's absolutely just so cynical and negative to do that. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I can't imagine what, what he is possibly thinking here um, of essentially trying to victim blame a rape survivor yeah. to get out of his, it, his it, accusation. It seems yeah. like his assumption or his hope was that the investigator just wouldn't look into that, which is, uh, I mean, I don't know how that would ever be the case. I don't know how that would possibly, that they wouldn't reach out to, to Paula Levine about that. Um, something that could be very easily disproved. I'm inclined to believe Paula, Le Paula Levine when she says that. I don't know why you would lie about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it goes on here further. He said, Tucker did not identify any witnesses who could support his version of events, including his associate, whom he said he had promised anonymity. That same associate, Tucker said, told him that Elvarado, Tracy's assistant, had been gossiping about his marriage, a claim Elvarado denied. Um he just doesn't have anyone to support anything he's saying. Like, uh, you know, it, it seems like such an obvious lie yeah. that he is, has no one to back him on. It's just pure mudslinging and slandering 
of Tracy's only strategy at this point. Yeah, and it, it, it continues here, I think importantly, uh, within this investigation, this 106-page investigation that was delivered in July, um, along the way, uh, Wiedlinger learned that one potentially rich source of evidence was missing. Both Tracy and Tucker had deleted their text messages with each other. Tucker would tell her that he deletes his messages regularly because he receives so many. Tracy said she did so in a panic after their last phone call, feeling she needed to cut all ties with him. Um, per Title IX in school policy, Wiedlinger did not issue a finding of fault in her final report, but instead summarized the facts and referred the case for a hearing. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. I do really quick want to point out here as well that, that, that there have been many cases in the past where they're able to regenerate those texts. So I, I do imagine it's very possible those texts are going to come up in the future. Yeah. Um, we'll see about that. But I, I don't think them being deleted from their phones is necessarily um, necessarily the end all be all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so while this is while this is happening, while this uh, investigator is submitting this for the hearing, um, it says here at the hearing it closes out here at the hearing planned for October, both sides will have the opportunity to present evidence and make arguments. Another outside Title IX attorney hired by the school will then decide whether the evidence shows that Tucker likely violated school rules. Um, among the witnesses who will be missing from Tracy's witness list, this is really galling stuff here. Um, among the yes, witnesses who will be missing from Tracy's witness list is her assistant and best friend, Alvarado. She died in a car accident in June. Meanwhile, Belleville, the lawyer for Tucker, uh, argued Alvarado's death, pre quote, presents yet another reason that this case should be dismissed. I mean, dude. Horrifying. Really, really, really bad. Um... Letters Belleville sent Viedlinger throughout the case accuse her of bias against Tucker and men more broadly. Um, one more, one letter in May contained a list of 170 perceived problems with Viedlinger's draft report and questions she should have asked Tracy and her witnesses. They included why Tracy had not returned Tucker's gifts, why she had given him her Venmo username, and what options or what opinions she held about Michigan State basketball coach Tom Izzo, former football coach Mark D'Antonio, and former president John en Engler all of whom had been associated with past sexual misconduct controversies. Uh, quote, a fair process, Belleville wrote, would expose Tracy's allegations as, quote, nothing more than another agenda-driven attempt to defame, to defame respondent and the university. Um, I mean, again, y y we asked the question, why would she speak at Michigan State at all? This is this the issues with Tom Izzo, Mark D'Antonio, and the former president had all happened before her first time speaking at Michigan State. If this was a consistent issue for her, why would you speak there? I don't think you would. And, and also, like as someone who's an advocate for these things, you know, aren't those the exact kind of places you should be speaking at? Yeah, like are, aren't you looking to counteract that exact kind of culture? You would. Uh, isn't you would that think. like the objective of why you want to speak? At, like, yeah, that's 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 a better point than the thing I was attempting to say. Yeah, I don't know why she would then. Uh, uh, the the vendetta thing. Her whole job is about trying to avoid this. That's how she does this. That's how she handles this sort of thing. I don't know why it would be different here. I I don't know why like. I don't understand why this would be the one that she picks of like, oh, I need to go after these guys. There are other schools that have had these issues that she's spoken at where this has not been the situation. I don't know why Michigan State would be singled out specifically. Yeah, correct. I, 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 
he doesn't hold any water. Essentially, none of Tucker's complaints, his complete lack of evidence or witnesses, just his own essentially, like he is trying to turn this into a he said, she said, he said, she said situation. Yeah. And I do slightly regret leaving his statement prior to like hearing all the, prior to us reading all this, because I think I probably should have led with this stuff first because it, it obviously paints his in a much more negative light. Yeah. Um. There, there are some points here that like, it, the university likely should have asked for it. You know, it's it's blue noted here in one letter of May, contain a list of 170 perceived problems with the year's draft report. Basically questions she should have asked. I, I think the stuff's about the relationships the coaches aren't legitimate, but you know, I, I do think they could have put put more, you know, punctured more holes in Tucker's already ludicrous statements if they had asked those questions about the gifts uh, or the Venmo stuff like that. But but I don't think they're ultimately pertinent, right? Like what he's doing here is trying to sling mud and cast aspersions on her reputation. And yeah. try to hurt her publicly and just you know characterize her as like a you know like to use i'm sure what the outkick style and zach smith style individuals are saying like a left-wing rabble rouser is trying to cancel everyone involved and that's clearly has not been her career it's not what she's done no um everything she's been involved in ha- has been legitimate and throughout her career there has been no yeah legitimate you know questions or or, or holes in what she has done, right? Like she works with people who are have legitimate complaints of sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual violence, um, and helps bring their statements to light. And it's now unfortunately happened to her. Yeah. Um, I, I have no reason to doubt her character or her history whatsoever. Yeah, it's um, that would be I, I would I would come down in the same place there. It, it is very difficult to believe that this would be the case, uh, given given her background, given the work that she has done. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a really, like you said, it's a really, really bad, nasty situation. I would imagine this is going to be be a very nasty case, um, that will be kept public and dragged out into the public as much as possible for the sake of, in Mel Tucker's case, trying to, yeah, basically defame this woman. Um, and and given, given what Tucker is doing here, like, and how cynically him and his lawyer are acting and a means to like cast dirt on this, I think we can be equally cynical in response, which is that he is doing everything he can to set himself up as a like victim of cancel culture and the subsequent media opportunities that come with that. Like, I think clearly he is aware the walls are closing in that, that he is going to be fired very likely with cause and receive none of that 80, you know, what is it? A hundred million dollar contract he signed $83 million, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and is very likely, I think either trying to force university to settle to avoid ugliness, um, in the same way Jeremy Pruitt did, uh, obviously in a much different situation, but the same strategy essentially that Pruitt held with Tennessee, um, or to set himself up for media opportunities in this kind of sphere in the future. Yeah, I think that it's pretty clear that that yeah, the the Tucker Tucker's goals here, Tucker and his lawyer, who seems to be pretty well versed in this sort of handling. Um, I should have I should have looked into her background before we started this. I'll do that before we next record because I'm curious about who else she has worked for. I have some guesses. Um, it, it seems like he's it's pretty clearly he has a a three pronged plan here. The first being he would like to get that full buyout if possible. He would like to try and 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 muck this up enough that he can get his full payment. That he could get this uh, at least a court battle that he could try to argue that this is not with cause, which I I don't imagine would go well for him. Um, the second one being yes, he could get it court he could drag it way the hell out he could keep it all in public the jeremy pruitt method um and uh and get some sort of settlement uh the third being 
yeah, that he would just be a, a perennial guest on Fox News and that he would do that full circuit and he would do all that shit, um, which I would guess he probably will also do even if he gets one of the first two, which I, I don't imagine will happen. I think the second is a lot more likely than the first. Um, I, uh, again, we've said before here on this show, we'll say again, not a lawyer, uh, not not an expert in this kind of thing, but it's it's very cynical. It's very, very, very cynical. It's pretty clear what he is doing with this to, to cast out for the sake of his, uh, uh, saving his ass, basically, for, for what is pretty clear wrongdoing. You, you know, regardless of the veracity of the allegations, of, of the severity of the allegations, uh, wrongdoing, and something that he would be fired with cause for if there were, if the only allegation was a, 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 you know, a relationship with this person, you, you can't do that. Like we said at the top of the show, you can't do that. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's trying to wiggle his way out of this. And I, I it's really, uh, pretty gross to see. Yeah. It, it's, it's horrifying. I mean, he's a slimy guy. It's, I think this is like, look, man, like for, for as gross of a person as Urban Meyer is, like to put this in comparison to him, like you can at least acknowledge that when when Meyer's stuff came up, he was largely he tried to evade it at first, but he didn't try to him personally. He did not try to pin this back on on some kind of craziness from Courtney Smith or anything of that nature. Yeah, um, he essentially shut the fuck up, like didn't talk about it, took the suspension, was obviously privately furious, and I'm sure is like just as evil as Mel Tucker is in his personal life. Yeah. But understood that based on his reputation, he would have a chance to coach again if he just shut the fuck up and took the punishment. Uh and and Tucker, I think, obviously is I think to me, Tucker being personally involved in the actions means it is a step beyond that. And he likely would have had a very difficult time ever coaching again regardless. Yeah. Uh however, we've seen crazier things happen with, you know, the Bryles tree being employed and, um, you know, DJ Durkin and Brian Kelly and all these guys who, who have had some horrifying circumstances still gain employment, but Tucker's strategy means he will never coach again. Yeah. Like the, he will never be an FBS coach ever again in his life.